This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. Father Randall Kazan, we're going into our Straight Talk segment. If you'd like to have a question about our Catholic faith, living our faith, or something or another that you think I may be able to help with, give us a call, 877-795-0122. That is 877-795-0122. You can also go to our Facebook page and submit a question through that as well. And you can go to Real Presence Radio, uh, the, the website. They have a great website here uh, to listen to Catholic Radio or to catch older podcasts uh, of previous shows. And we're waiting for any call-ins or anybody who has a question for myself. Uh, great to have Father Chris Alar on. We talked about the various works of mercy. Uh, a few of those works of mercy are, are very important for us. Uh, wh- one of them we didn't get a chance to go into in depth uh, was how to help those who are grieving and praying for the living and the dead and the importance of of giving a, a proper prayer for our loved ones. And one of the things that I see a trend is uh, sometimes there are members of the family who uh, have strong faith in our Lord, uh, but after they pass away, uh, those who follow them and are doing the the funeral preparation, uh, their faith is weaker. Uh, perhaps they're, they're thinking even to not have a funeral uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, so sometimes people need to plan ahead of time that when they are called from life in this world and they will make known to their family members or others who may be responsible for funeral planning what exactly you'd like for prayer after you pass away and plan ahead for that. I encourage families to think of that whenever it's appropriate to do that. Uh, So uh, our good Lord is always going to work with us when we work with him and that's what the, the works of mercy are all about that our Lord lives within us by grace and he wants to live through our hearts and our actions to impact others. And indeed, it is powerful, uh, very powerful. Now, we have our first question. Uh, the first one here, kind of related to what this topic of praying for the faith of the departed. Uh, here it is from Facebook. I've heard of something called Gregorian Masses used to pray for the dead. Uh, what are those? A uh, great question. Uh, Gregorian Masses uh, are Masses that are requested of a priest or sometimes in a religious order. And they're masses that, uh, one mass per day that could be said for a set amount of time. Uh, Sometimes those might be for uh, 30 days or for a month, uh, but other times it's for a whole year, uh, 365 masses, one mass every day for the beloved departed uh, to pray for them. Uh, it, It might have in our minds, it come up so well, wouldn't one mass suffice? Well, theoretically, yes, uh, but we don't always know uh, what satisfies our Lord's uh, justice as well as completes the purification. Uh, there is an aspect of mystery in this because uh, at judgment, uh, if a soul is in need or our Lord, our Lord uh, shows or demonstrates for purification in purgatory, uh, their purgatory accounts for a few different things. Um, uh, it, the soul who will go to heaven has had all mortal sins forgiven or is not guilty of any at the time of death, for we know that anyone guilty of more unrepentant mortal sin at the time of death cannot go to heaven and will not go to purgatory, but will end up in hell. Uh, but those who have 
uh, their mortal sins forgiven, uh, will still have to give a kind of accounting uh, for uh, the damages that are due to sin. Uh, so our sins have two aspects. Uh, one is the guilt that is incurred due to the commission of the sin uh, that is willfully done. And there are parameters given to that, that there's uh, freely committed, uh, no coercion. Uh, furthermore, that there is sufficient reflection and, and that it is done anyway, the wrongdoing. Uh, so the sins cause damage in God's creation. This world belongs to him and we belong to him. And so when we sin, we damage that. We, we, have to, uh, we will give an accounting to God for those damages. But then secondly... Uh, there is the, the, we, our souls are made to love and we either love God above all and thereby sin diminishes and decreases in our life or one can love sin, but the soul loves. So loving God or loving sin, uh, we can't uh, stay in both. So any remnants of love for sin in the soul are purified out of the soul in purgatory so that the soul only love God and only loves God alone. So that these things can be accomplished over however the purification may need to be according to God's wisdom in purgatory. But it also can be accomplished in other ways, such as if we pray for them. And that's the point of, of uh, having masses offered for the beloved departed for some set kind of time. And it's important that we pray for the beloved departed, including offering masses. Another question came in, a follow-up on this. Uh, people are thinking of this. It's good. How can indulgences be offered for the deceased? That's a great question. Our, our Holy Catholic Church teaches us that uh, there, there are graces available from the treasury, the infinite treasury of Jesus, to account for the, what we owe in our debt to our Lord for the damages of that our sins cause, and then what we owe to God for the lack of love and the attachment to sin, uh, any remnants of love for sin. And we call these in graces of indulgences. So indulgences uh, can be uh, sought and uh, asked of our Lord, those special graces, through the various works that have an indulgence attached to them, uh, such as praying the rosary as a family is an indulgence to action, uh, making the stations of the cross uh, in the church, for example. Unless you're not able to go to the church to do that, then you could offer them in your home. Another would be reading from sacred scripture for a half hour, meditating upon scripture, or going to adoration uh, with our Lord in the tabernacle or monstrance for a half hour is another uh, plenary indulgence to work. Uh, and there are several throughout the year. Many of you know of the Divine Mercy, which will be coming up here in April. Uh, there is an indulgence attached to that Sunday. So these indulgences are attached to a particular spiritual work of prayer or devotional action, and then offering prayers for the Holy Father uh, and his intentions, and then being completely detached from sin. Re and, and basically just reject all sin at that time is what we want to do, making a good confession uh, 20 days before or after the work. Uh, the indulgences, though, can be applied only to souls in purgatory or to oneself. They cannot be applied to or asked to be applied of our Lord to any other living person in this world. And again, that grace of an indulgence is for the sake of the uh, uh, forgiveness or release of any debt that's owed due to the damages of sin, not the guilt, but the damages that our sins cause in the world to ourselves and other souls. And then it is also a grace to complete the purification of any remnants 
of love for sin left in the soul after death. So these are important things, important graces that uh, are needed uh, and are necessary for the soul to enter into the sight of God. Uh, In fact, uh, souls, uh, we would not want to enter into the sight of God without having that full and complete purification to have that purity before our good Lord. So good question on the indulgences there. I encourage you to seek and petition for indulgences every day. You can, we can obtain one indulgence, a plenary indulgence each day. And, uh, um, and there's a variety of ways to do that. Probably the simplest one for many families is when you pray the rosary to have that intention, praying that as a family to pray for that indulgence. Uh, another one would be if you have an adoration hour each week, certainly petition for that indulgence. And there's a variety of other ways that, that one can look up Another question just came in through our Facebook. Uh, thanks for bringing those questions, everybody. Uh, we still have about uh, 15 to 20 minutes, so if you have a question, feel free to call in or go to the Facebook to do so. Uh, uh, our phone number, again, is 877-795-0122. Again, if you want to call in, it's 877-795-0122. Uh, we had a question through the Facebook. Since purgatory is a way for souls to be prepared for heaven, how can our prayers have an impact on their time in purgatory? That is a great question. Uh, and it goes into the mystery of the communion of saints. And in fact, we were just talking to Father Chris Alar of the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, not many know about the history of their order, but their order was founded by uh, a Polish man, a Polish priest named, uh, now he's Saint, Saint Stanislaus. Not the real popular Saint Stanislaus, but one who came later with the same name. Uh, but Saint Stanislaus in the 1700s was profoundly devoted to the souls in purgatory. And that was one of the charisms of the Marians of the Immaculate Conception uh, as part of their founding and to this time. And when I visited the Marians at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy, they, they have on their walls the various intentions of prayers for souls in purgatory, that they do daily sacrifices in a variety of ways, uh, self-denial regarding food, uh, various others, active penances that they undertake and other works of charity that they offer the sacrifices for the sake of the relief of the souls in purgatory. And what is interesting in their devotion and in their charism within the order, they, they will offer prayers for specific vices, that persons who have committed various sins in this world, those sins being forgiven through confession and asking our Lord's mercy and forgiveness before death, uh, but then offering the atonement uh, in purgatory, well, they pray for those who perhaps were uh, the stealing in this world, but those actions of theft were forgiven. Those who committed sins such as uh, adultery, uh, sins such as lying or deceit, sins of the tongue, uh, sins of uh, faithlessness or uh, idolatry, or all sorts of them, they, but they had them listed one one uh, uh, category for each day of the month and each day of the week. It was uh, interesting how that had developed within the order. But how this impacts, uh, brothers and sisters, those listening, is that love conquers everything. Uh, we, we heard this yesterday uh, in 1 Corinthians 13 in the, the song on love by St. Paul, uh, love never fails. So when we reach out to show mercy to our brothers and sisters being purified in purgatory, that love and that petition of love to God on their behalf, our Lord responds to that personally, giving special and unique graces otherwise not given, but asked for in love, our Lord gives 
He opens the treasury, which is infinite, at our request on behalf of our brothers and sisters. So that's how our prayers and offerings on behalf of the souls in purgatory can appease the justice of God, but also bring out a showering of mercy, furthering all the souls in purgatory that we pray for and that we ask for God's mercy to move closer to heaven and even enter heaven. And we might imagine uh, truly uh, when we pray for a soul or souls in purgatory, and then they finally enter into heaven, the joy they have at finally arriving after the long journey through this life and then through purgatory and then seeing God face to face. Uh, it, is, it is understood through some private revelation of souls that our Lord may come and allow to manifest the various saints, and these are written down, that the, the greatest suffering in purgatory is actually longing for God. That is the greatest suffering, because when we think about this, we understand this in a, in a limited way, but we can reasonably understand this, that when we really love someone and care for someone, we enjoy being in their presence. We want to be in their presence. And when we're separated from their presence and we're not able to have the kind of direct communication we would like or being in their presence in the way that we most desire because of love, well, there is a pain with that. There's a pain and our souls are made for God. St. Augustine has that famous saying, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. And the souls in purgatory are not in the rest for which they most desire. And that's the same for all of us who are trying to follow Jesus, that we, our souls have a kind of lack of rest until we can finally rest with him perfectly. And that's in heaven only, but we can have tastes of that here and we grow in it. But the souls in purgatory have that uh, experience in their hearts of being readied and how their souls long for God. Uh, how, and that is a suffering because they long, but it's not satisfied. And they long so much until that longing uh, is com uh, uh, purified and perfected. And then finally, when they enter into God, uh, then that longing is completely ready to receive the one for whom it is longing. And so we can see how merciful God is in purifying the heart in that way. If there were no purgatory, if God had not... Um, allowed for this or willed for this to be uh, a great uh, act of mercy on his part to purify souls that are generally oriented toward the good and believing in him and loving him, uh, no one imperfect will come before God. No one ready who is not ready to see him will be, will be allowed to enter. So it is a great act of mercy that purgatory is true and real. So great question there. Thanks for asking that. Uh, another one just came in on the same topic. We're on a roll here. Uh, what happens if I offer prayers for someone in purgatory, but they're already in heaven? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, well, the basic idea, if the soul's ready in heaven, those prayers are not wasted because those prayers are an act of love and they express faith and belief in God's goodness. So we, we believe that those prayers will benefit someone else. Uh, some other soul in purgatory, that God takes our goodwill and will apply them. And one of, the, one of the things that I learned is to also involve our Blessed Mother and perhaps also St. Joseph in the, the, the progression of devotion on behalf of the souls in purgatory, that perhaps, dear Blessed Mother, something like this, uh, dear Blessed Mother, here are an offering, a sacrifice, a prayer for, for this soul or these souls. And if they be in heaven, may you apply them where they're most needed otherwise. And other various prayers that were uh, someone in heaven knows of our Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, where those, pro those prayers can be applied. But of course, uh, even if you haven't done that, our Lord, being who he is, the perfect and holy God, uh, so tender in receiving our acts of love, uh, will make our prayer fruitful. Uh, he gives us the grace to believe, 
gives us the grace to love, and he makes it those gifts of faith and love to be fruitful, uh, not only on our behalf, uh, but also on behalf of others. So it's never wasted. And it, it, it's secondary, but it is important to remember this prayer will also benefit ourselves. Uh, not that that's our main intention. We want to give glory to God and to help others get to heaven. Uh, but necessarily, that helps oneself. There is a reward for loving. In fact, there's the, the principle, love is its own reward. Love and love will grow. So always give love away. That is the one beautiful thing about God is that he can give away all his treasure, uh, but he doesn't lose any of his treasure. Uh, That is the beautiful paradox of who God is in himself. Uh, He can give everything away, uh, but actually lose nothing in in a certain sense because the giving away of his love has prompted the fruitfulness of new acts of love from us because every time we love God is a new and unrepeatable act of love. There is, in that sense, uh, a kind of increase in love that is generated because God has poured forth his love, making us capable and then drawing love from our hearts. Um, On a related topic, another question just came in. I know I can ask the saints to pray for me. That's true. Is it okay to ask my deceased relatives, such as grandma or grandpa, for example, to pray for me too? Well, that certainly is possible. Uh, So yes, one can do that. Uh, There is a a kind of confidence that we can have regarding the outcome of people's lives because we do celebrate All Saints Day each year, November 1st, and that generally is a celebration of saints whom are not proclaimed saints uh, officially by the Catholic Church, but we know there are many more holy men and women in heaven than are named officially saints or blesseds uh, by our our Holy Mother, the Catholic Church. So yes, it is possible to ask deceased relatives, uh, but there is also a certain boundary regarding that. Um, we, we want to uh, uh, hold back on ourselves proclaiming uh, or, or uh, uh, assuming the authority of the Church to proclaim someone to be a saint. Uh, there's a, a pious reverence that we have for that process of of uh, canonization uh, regarding that. and and But canonization really, in the mind of the church, it means that there can be public veneration, uh, either in a local area or throughout the world, is is really what that proclamation is. Uh, so it, the, the, when one is canonized, then it, it verifies the what we, in the technical term, we call the cult, or the, the action of devotion, that it can proceed throughout the world. Uh, but there is a... a, a aspect of how the Holy Spirit unites us as a communion of saints, and there are times in which we can have a sense, uh, my beloved departed uh, has gone to our Lord, meaning to heaven. Uh, um, But one caution on that, it it may be uh, a both and. It may be that the soul is on the way to heaven because the souls in purgatory are saints. They will be in heaven. They have successfully, in the sense regarding judgment, heaven or hell, They have successfully uh, been deemed worthy of heaven, but they will need to be in purgatory. The only caution is, is if we ask our deceased relatives to pray for us and they're not yet in heaven, uh, we we still must try to benefit them that they may enter into heaven. Their prayers are even more more efficacious in heaven. Uh, And sometimes people ask me, can the souls in purgatory pray for us? Definitely, they can pray for us. And their prayers are unique because they can offer the suffering that they experience in their purification and their longing for God on our behalf. Uh, Their prayers are heard by God and are powerful, uh, but they cannot help themselves. They cannot, uh, their prayers cannot benefit themselves in any way, uh, but they can benefit from the prayers of their loved ones here on earth. 
So a few important things there to consider uh, in our devotion, in our interior life. Uh, The key on all of this, brothers and sisters, is that one remains committed to loving Jesus with all one's heart. And many things and details about purgatory and about heaven are put in their context and, and given their rightful place to help us all to grow in the love of our good Lord including, as we heard this here in the last segment, the, the last half hour with Father Chris, how we do our works of charity. Uh, I remember there's the, the great movie we had uh, Oscar Delgado on here uh, a few months ago talking about the movie Purgatory. If you haven't had a chance to see it, I encourage you to see it. It's a, an excellent movie uh, about uh, a Polish mystic uh, who had souls from Purgatory come to visit her asking for her prayers on their behalf and certain manifestation of the souls in purgatory, which in, uh, included sometimes a sighting. Uh, these, these things are a bit disconcerting at, uh, when it happens, uh, if it happens, if God permits it. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it is permitted to elicit or to draw acts of love on behalf of those who need our compassion, our empathy. Uh, so it, it draws us into a deeper understanding as well as an experience of the mystery of the communion of saints. Uh, those who are in the state of grace, but are in need of special helps and aids on their behalf to finally have full union with God. And it, it really benefits us. It benefits us in a great way that we cooperate with God in his great work. All of this is God's work. It is his work to sanctify us, uh, to bring us to heaven. And our part is to say yes. Our, our part is essential. We must say yes in faith to God uh, and then cooperate with him in the works that God gives each one of us to provide. And those works include prayer and sacrifices, such as the, the Marians of the Immaculate Conception do in the, the charism of their order. So, so many blessings we have in our faith. It's, it's just really awesome uh, to be Catholic and to have knowledge and understanding of the life that is to come and the glory of heaven uh, and the, the needs of our brothers and sisters. Um, I see there's another question coming in on the Facebook. Uh, good question here. Some of my Protestant friends say they don't believe in purgatory. How can I, how can I explain it to them? Hey, that's a great question. Um, there are different citations in Scripture regarding purgatory, but the, the main one uh, regarding the efficacy of, say, of praying for the departed is found in uh, Maccabees. And the, the Maccabees, there was the battle. Some of the soldiers uh, died. And when the, their bodies were being prepared for burial, they were all found to have a, a pagan idol amulet that they were wearing, and they should not have been wearing that. There was a weakness regarding their faith, but they were fighting on the right side of things. And so uh, uh, Judas then interceded for them, uh, offering, uh, taking a collection and sending it as an offering to the temple and asking for prayers along with that sacrifice on behalf of their departed friends who had this fault, made this mistake. So that's one area where this idea of purgatory is there, that there will be an expiation and we can cooperate uh, in offering expiation for before God for the faults of others. Furthermore, it fits in with God's plan of mercy, uh, that a merciful God and yet a perfect God uh, who wants to have a perfect relationship with us, uh, he, he understands in his justice, or God has shown us in his justice, that nothing impure will come before him. Uh, but then when we die, we're not perfectly pure or holy or all in love with God in every single way. Uh, we, 
then we give an accounting. We have a purification for those faults and those weaknesses that while they're not grave, uh, nonetheless, there can be some remnants of love for lesser sins or uh, uh, remnants of love for for past sins, even though the guilt is forgiven. So purgatory is that way through which God purifies the heart and prepares the heart for perfect union with God, the union of the mind in truth, the union of the heart in love, and especially the union of will, that the will is purified to want and desire and choose only what God wants. So I encourage you that if any Protestant friends, uh, they don't believe in purgatory, uh, take that time to review scripture, review our catechism of the Catholic Church on the teaching of purgatory. There's uh, more excellent citations. Uh, One last thing regarding even Catholics. Every now and then I meet a Catholic who doesn't uh, believe in purgatory or perhaps they... um, are weak on its understanding, which can happen. Uh, catechesis varies in different ways. We, we're all responsible for trying to learn. Uh, purgatory, the, the, its existence and the reality, is a dogma of our faith. And that means it's the highest form of teaching. It's, we are bound to accept uh, in mind, in our intellect, and in our will, that this is true. There truly is a purgatory. And there are things that we know and understand about purgatory uh, that our Lord uh, sincerely and truly asks us to accept and to choose to believe uh, because it's reality. It, it's the part of the truth of the revelation that our Lord has given us in the time of the New Covenant era uh, about the sanctification of souls and the, the entry, uh, the pre-entry into heaven. Now, a few things I want to suggest to you, all of our faithful out there, to uh, sometimes it's asked me, well, Father, can I avoid purgatory? That kind of frightens me. It's like, well, on one hand, don't be frightened. Uh, because, but on the other hand, yes, it's possible to avoid purgatory, definitely. Uh, St. Teresa of Lisieux had that, uh, has a famous teaching on her being the novice master, and one of her uh, novices said, oh, uh, Ter- Sister Therese, I hope that I can just avoid purgatory, or at least just get the purgatory. And St. Therese was a little bit affronted by it. It's like, avoid purgatory, or you hope you can avoid it, or at least you get the purgatory. So what, what do you mean? Our Lord doesn't want us to go to purgatory, but purgatory is simply necessary if we must have it. But ask our, St. Therese taught, ask our Lord that you may avoid purgatory. He is happy for that question. He, he doesn't want us to, to have to undergo that. He prefers, that is our Lord, prefers that we will have our purification completed in this life, that he may be able to so outpour his grace and his love upon us that we are finally and fully purified in this world and that we're perfected uh, when we pass from this life. So she, she taught firmly that it is possible. And then the second thing is it is possible. Reminder that when you... It, you would like the priest to come when you're passing. And the, the priest is able to give a plenary indulgence at the, for someone who's on their deathbed. It's called the apostolic pardon, a very powerful grace. I uh, gave that grace here in the last few weeks a few times. And I know even at times I, I sense that grace coming out as I am offering that grace to the one who's passing from this world. And there, there are beautiful outcomes. The family oftentimes says, I hear in hindsight, the the peace that comes and they see on their face. They have a peaceful death or there's a change in their demeanor. Great questions, everybody. Thank you and stay with us. We'll be right back after this break with more from Real Presence Radio Live. 